You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider. And then I'm also going to the six. Will a bled. Will a Brandon Jaggers. Well, Abolt's still there. Still there length and a half. Just Mike can't get by. Well, Abolt. And me, CC Broadus. Okay, well, what about uh, the Sellers Park uh, Dash Stakes? Day Park Dash Stakes. Chesler? Uh, Chisler is his name. Chisler. He's, uh, I just, I, I think he can win the race. It came up pretty favorable for us. Chisler coming on through to the inside of Munshore Coco with a 16th to go and a rail skimming ride from Sealand as Chisler rolled the rail to victory and was dynamic of the day park dash. He won wrapped up in the end. The auxiliary gate. Big problem. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 151 of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. Today is July the 11th, 2023. I do believe this is the gambler's holiday. Seven come 11. Is that right, uh, uh, my friends? Uh, first of all, well, let me introduce you guys first. Uh, on my left, a man that uh, when he goes to the, to the gas pump, he always seeks out the highest grade of gasoline. I'm talking none other than Alan Schneider. I don't even know what the highest grade gasoline is called. I, I, I'm a discount guy. I, I wear that Kroger Plus card out, brother. Uh, but thank you. And, yes. of course, on my right, the man with the biggest OnlyFans following in Jefferson County, speaking none other than Brandon Jaggers. <laughs> yeah. That one is true. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm yet to see the royalties off that page. But uh, I get my gas at Costco, but I've I've learned. When we go to the lake, you, or just leave Jefferson County, gas prices go from three eighty three ninety down to three fifteen. This this is true. I would like to comment <laughs> on that real quick. Yes, you are correct. Because I carpool at Kroger, right? I car, we meet at Kroger. The Kroger in J Town is three ninety nine. Was and I work in Georgetown, right? And you get outside the city down there, it's three twenty five. So Brandon is correct about that. Yes. Yeah, you talk about penny break. Two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. Sorry. Really? It's the gas breakage. I'm getting tired of Go ahead. it. Yeah. It's, uh, we have a tendency to worry about some of the silly things in horse racing, about a uh, 1% takeout here, 1% takeout here. I'm more concerned with what people pay on a broader scale, right? You know, because horse racing is an elective thing. Uh, living life's a different story, right? And I just bought a new car. The interest, and I, I'm not going to brag. I've got really nice credit. The interest rate was insane, right? I mean, God almighty. We don't even talk about that. I know CC had talked about doing an inflation pod in the past. I'd love to do that, right, CC? Hey, we're we're nothing but serious on this podcast going forward. Okay. Yeah, let's let's like, really let's really do that. What are some uh, unofficial holidays on the calendar? Today's gamblers' holiday, seven come eleven, July eleventh, April twentieth is the stoners' holiday, four twenty. Mm. June 9th is probably a, a holiday for some. Probably What's Brandon. That? That's What's probably June ninth. July 10th is. That's a good holiday. Brandon's birthday was yesterday. That's right. The big 4-4. That's a gambler's, I mean, hard four or hard eight. That's what I need, a hard eight. We'll let that one go. Uh, (laughs) That kind of goes along with June 9th. 
June. Oh yeah, I get it now. I get it now. But you know, you can't bet a four four exacto, Brandon. You got to bet a four four double next time you play the races. You can't do the four yep. four exacto. Yeah, just hammer doubles all day long. Just roll them, roll them doubles. Yeah. CC. Well, you know, today, not today, but yesterday, kind of kicks off uh, the sales season in Kentucky. And, uh, well, nationwide, you know, the horse sales kind of kicked off yesterday. That horse is a racing age sale at Phase mm-hmm. Tipton. Today they had the yearling sale. Overseas uh, in Japan they had their sale. Uh, they sold, I think they sold yearlings Sunday night and then foals on, uh, on, uh, last night. They had a, a foal, like, like a new, not a newly born, but maybe a few months. I think, you know, foals start arriving in January in the Northern Hemisphere. They had a, a son of Contrail, who was a top Japanese, uh, Japanese racehorse. I think he won the Japan Cup and he won a several grade ones. This foal, who was no more could no, could not be no more than six six or seven months old sold for three million dollars in American dollars. What Jesus? So this yeah this horse isn't going to hit the track for another two years at least. But they've already got three million dollars invested in him, and then there was a few of them that sold. That Contrail is a big a big deal over in, in Japan. But uh, and of course I have not checked the results today of the yearling sale, but uh, I know uh, they had a uh, a recent stakes winner. Go through the ring yesterday for five hundred thousand at Phasic Tipton. So a lot of money changing hands. This is a it's a big deal in the state. A lot of sales tax generated. A lot of bills are paid. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, yeah. And if you get a chance, you need to like I always tell people you, you need to get to to one of these sales because it's pretty cool. Uh, Keeneland September, maybe the first two or three days is is the one to go to because you'll see a lot of million dollar babies go through the ring. You'll see a lot of famous people. It's pretty pretty nice party atmosphere. So. Did you pick up anything? I did not. Okay. Not. I was the underbidder on the three million dollar foal. How much did you underbid by? Three million million. Oh man, I could loan you the rest, brother. You just should have asked. Okay. In the future, just just don't don't ask. It's okay. Well, you're, you're, hand out. you're the one over there buying new Camrys. You know I get a discount, right? Not no. much of one, but I get one. All right. We do have some breaking news. Uh-oh. Uh, apparently, uh, Maria Burrell, uh, one of Alan's friends. Back in the day, we used to run around together. It's been, that's Back. why I don't have any money. She's a, she, uh, I missed this in the in the news cycle, as they say, but she turned herself in back she in did? May. I didn't know that. And she has pled guilty to 43, excuse me. She's pled not guilty to 43 animal cruelty charges that were filed in 2016. Uh, if you remember Maria Burrell, she's the trainer of Run Happy, who won the Breeders' Cup Sprint. I believe that was 2015 at Keeneland for Jim McInvale. That whole saga, I mean, that that got wild in a hurry. Right that after. deteriorated quickly. We all thought it was a great story, didn't we? In about like the next four or five days, it's like, holy shit, that is some crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, you come to find out, you know, years years later that she never really trained the horse. It was McInville's sister-in-law, maybe, that was calling the shots, and Maria was just the paper trainer. But the, the day after the the day after the Breeders' Cup sprint, I think it was par for the course for uh, the sister-in-law. I, I forgot her name already, but 
she always sent the horses out to the track the day after the race because it's something to do with lactic acid or they're trying to get the lactic acid out of them. And, and Burrell took exception to it and, and uh, whatever she did, they, they fired her and the court of public opinion convicted McInvale. Mm-hmm, that's true. And sided with Burrell and Burrell went out on her own for a few months and then wasn't much longer after that, these animal cruelty charges popped up. She had a, her and her father had a, had leased a farm in Mercer County, which is around Harrodsburg. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's, uh, it went to hell. Emaciated, emaciated, right? Yeah. And she disappeared. She vanished. And then apparently she's resurfaced. And her father took a, took an Alfred plea, whatever that means. Like, is that, you remember Steve Alfred played for Indiana? Yeah. Back, back in the eighties, maybe something to do with that. But no, what that means is uh, an Alfred plea means that you're pleading not guilty, but even though there's a, a shit ton of evidence that says that you did it. And then uh, Burrell stepped forward and she says she wants to clear her name. So that saga is, has not wrapped up yet. So here we are. Well, in addition to the animal cruelty, so there's animal cruelty and there's animal cruelty. But she, the pictures I saw were ghastly, right? And I remember, but in addition, I mean, she was just, she just stole money or didn't pay bills to everybody, right? And the amount of money she owed or took from people or just fleeced them out of, as I recall. Allegedly, but uh, it was it, it's it's unbelievable to read, right? Well, the 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 disappointing part about that is like everybody was lined up against McInvale because that you know he had he had fired this poor girl who had led his who trained his horse to a to a a, a championship and a Breeders' Cup victory, and you know come to find out McInvale's probably. Uh, Probably one of the biggest, uh, I, I mean, a, a, a great advocate of horse racing. He, he does a lot for, for the Houston, uh, community. He's done, done a lot of, for charity and, and over the years. And Maria Burrell's done nothing. Yeah. But that, so. that's just, that's, that goes back to what we always do. And we do a seat all the time. People love to jump to conclusions, right? You know, on social media and throughout and just believe what they want to believe, right? Instead of hearing the full story. There'll be, there'll be something to come out in the next five minutes and people automatically jump to conclusions, whether they're being fed some narrative or just whatever they want to believe their own personal conviction. And that's exactly what happened in Mackinville. And then we saw that's perfect evidence of a, of a case where you should not jump the gun because that was truly a one-sided deal. She was not a good person. So, no. you know, to say the least. Can you remember her horse? Can you remember the lady that trained Run Happy after that? I, I forgot her Laura, name. Laura Walters. Laura yes. Laura Walters, that's right. That yeah, they had they had it out the day after the uh, sprint because Walters would always send their horses out the day after because that was her belief and then Maria took exception and here we are. She uh, she trains uh, Mackinbell's horses now, right? A lot of the run happies we'll see. We'll see her uh, throw out a couple of horses a year in his name. So that's right. That's right. Okay, moving on. Uh, last topic du jour before we get to our guest. For Saratoga opens on Thursday. Uh, very much looking forward to that. Del Mar opens next week. I'm not sure what day. If it's Thursday or Friday or something like that. But Del Mar is right around the corner. Uh, I've not been to either. I don't think you've been to either. But Brandon has been to Saratoga. Have you been to Del Mar, Brandon? Uh, no, it's kind of on my bucket list to get out there and, and see the sights. I know a lot of my friends have all gone and. Uh, I don't know what's in the cards this year, but I, I think I am going to Travers. I do have that circled. I think, but I got to double check. And uh, with with the boss, the, bo- the uh, boss, gonna let you know. 
Oh yeah, the boss. Yeah. <laughs> but I know the, the Schulerville Stakes on Thursday, or is it? Oh, is it Wednesday? It's Thursday. They're opening Saratoga Thursday. It's a Scholarville. It's a Scholarville on Thursday. If I'm not mistaken. That's right, Scholarville. Yeah, That's Scholarville. right. Like Scholar, the terrible wife on Breaking Bad. Is that so, how, they spell it? how do they spell it? When you see S E H U L Y or U Y L E R, that's Skyler. Well, you already you learned something. Got to tune into the podcast to learn something. <laughs> anyway, so uh, uh, the question I put I pose to both of you. I mean, which do you prefer, Saratoga or Del Mar? Uh, I mean, you're asking. I mean, you probably guess what I'm going to say, right? Uh, I don't care for West Coast racing. I, it's Saratoga, and you know, I, I don't get all crazy about Saratoga like a lot of people do. I'm still going to watch Ellis on the weekends. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely take Saratoga of Del Mar. That's just me. I'm an East Coast uh, biased dude. I like to keep. I, I don't mind watching a little Ellis lately. When when I have to pick from Del Mar and Saratoga, Saratoga is a lot of hype. A lot of Chad Brown, a lot of New York influence. So it's hard for Kentucky-based trainers to go and ship up there and win some of those races. It, it feels like that, but I don't They'll know. They'll win their share. They'll win their share. I haven't played that much up there, and I haven't played much at Ellis. It's a, it's a new dawn over here. So I think the, I think that changes now. The, the, the better horses are here because the purses are so good. I think the the, the – but you know, on on the flip side of that, a lot of the good trainers will stay here because the purses are so good at Ellis now. You got seventy thousand dollar maiden races. Now that with that said, the the maiden races in New York are like one thirty now. So it's you know, but I, I think the guys that will ship up there will hold their own at the least. Of course, yes. There's no question. K McPeak will do a well. Burst Steve Asmus do well. Sherry DeVoe, yada yada. yada. Will our, will Kentucky be? They were well represented last year. They'll be well represented this year because um, there's more good horses there with the purse money. Kentucky's going to do extremely well up there. And, and I will keep an eye out. I, I don't get all crazy about it like everybody does on Twitter. They, they can't wait to the first race on on the, the opening day. By the fourth race, half the people are cussing and stuff. I always, I try to remain an even keel at all times. Whether I'm winning, losing, uh, I try to keep an even keel and stuff. I, people seem to go overboard and such. You know who I want on the podcast at some point is Vicky Oliver. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I like that. I've never, I've never talked to her, but she seems to always have good competitive horses at all price ranges, you know, on odds. And she'll uh, ship a few out to Del Mar too. And, and, and yeah, she, yeah, the greatest stakes. I've been winning more. I, I used to have a, a curse with Vicky. I could not win on her horse to save my life. That's changed a little bit of late or whatever. But uh, this, you know, percentages bear out once in a while. But yeah, I like that Vicky Oliver. I'm destined. To get to Kentucky Downs, though, September's right around the corner. My God, half the July's gone. Yeah, don't get me started on that. A hundred dollars a seat at a plastic table. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's also during football season. College football, the heart, that's when that kicks off. So it, it has a tendency to get overshadowed at times by me, but we'll see. All right, onward. Is that it. Now everybody's in a bad mood. <laughs> I feel great. <laughs> Poor guest is going to feel. Slided. Okay. Uh, anything else? That's we... it for me. Okay. All right. Well, let's, uh, without further ado, let's bring on our special guest of the week. Hey, I tell you what, we, uh, we here at the Auxiliary Gate podcast, if you, if you listen to this thing, you know that we don't ever <laughs> want to let a big win by a local boy go get overlooked in the world of racing around here. And, uh, I believe it was last weekend 
at Belmont Park up in New York, trainer and burgeoning soccer coach, as I understand, Jason Cook, <laughs> notched his second major stakes victory when his star Colt three technique took the grade two John Nairud up there in the Big Apple. Uh, we wanted to bring him on to discuss that landmark victory as, uh, as well as as longer than you think it is career uh, training horses and whatever else comes to mind. And maybe we'll even have a special guest up and it might be a little close to Jason's heart too or whatever. So with that introduction, I'd like to welcome in Mr. Jason Cook. Jason, how are you doing, my man? Doing well, doing well. Uh, well, first, I guess the biggest question right off the bat is after that big win last week uh, with three technique, who's in amazing form at the moment, how's it feel to uh, take the quote unquote bite of the big apple? How's that feel? Uh, you know, it didn't soak in, uh, right when it happened. It probably, it, it's more, it's more real this week than it was last week. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but you know, right after you do it, you're there with all your friends and you're like, and my owners, you know, I've trained horses for the same guys pretty much for 25 years. And, uh, you know, it was just almost like, Wow, that just really—I just won a grade two at Belmont Park. Mm-hmm. You know, it just—it took—it took like it didn't really soak in till we was at dinner later. Um, and how much was the purse? I don't even—I'm not even sure how much the purse was. Uh, two fifty. Nice little chunk of change. That probably helped pay for dinner, didn't it? Yeah, dinner was yeah. nice. <laughs> dinner was nice. Where'd y'all go? Um, uh, I can't even remember the name of the place, which is kind of embarrassing. But David had a friend. <laughs> that lives there and he took us and it's been there for 75 years since it's a little Italian place. And when we showed up, they knew we were coming and they just kept sending food out. Nobody ordered a thing. I, I, I need to get to that restaurant. Brandon, the next time you go up to Belmont, <laughs> I need to remember, you need to Jason, get your name of this place. Yeah. I, um, it's the Monty's name of Monty. Monty's Monty's. And the, and the uh, guy, the guy said, Oh, we, we heard you won today. And they even sent out a dessert with three technique wrote in the dessert plates. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, yeah. like I say, David's friend, uh, who actually was at my, I, I always throw a bunch of cookouts and parties and have friends over. And he was actually at my house in my crawfish bowl on Thursday before Derby. And David kept saying, you know, this guy, you know, this guy's like, ah, I don't know him. He's like, he was at your house for eating all your food for like four hours. You'll know him. And then I recognized, he said, we're going to this little place. It's kind of small. It's in downtown Manhattan. It's great. And we went in there and, uh, food was great. It, everything was great. And it kind of sunk in then. We having a drink and laughing and joking. I was like, you can relax. You know, you actually want a grade two. You know, it sounds like you're bigger in New York all of a sudden, like Jay-Z or uh, maybe Sinatra. It sounds like, I mean, you get the royal treatment when you go up there. And I also add that, I mean, if you have cookouts all the time, you have <laughs> shrimp boils all the time, seafood boils all the time, you might want to invite your new three best friends the next time you do that. All right? You keep that in mind, okay? Saturday after next. Okay. Saturday, did you get that, CC? Yeah. Saturday. Saturday after next, we're going to have one because that horse won. Okay, cool. You know, we're not proud. We're not proud, so just keep that in mind, whatever. We'll take we'll take a free handout. But yeah. uh, all seriousness, of course, we I am being serious to that. But in other seriousness, uh, three technique is a horse that I know you got last year. There's a memorable win we're going to talk about here in a second from last year that kind of kind of captivated people around here. Uh, kind of an emotional story, but I want to backtrack a little bit before the win in New York because 
What impressed me about three technique was his race prior at Churchill Downs on uh he beat a horse called Kapuna that day going I think it was the one turn mile. It was and Kapuna was sharp as attack that day, had the race set up perfectly for Kapuna. I'll be honest with you, I didn't think Kapuna could get beat. I think she's like three to five. I think the horse got out like twenty three and change, forty seven and change going a one turn mile on the engine bars and three techniques still ran her ran him down. At that point, I was like, Jason Cook has this horse about as sharp as he can get it. Is Did that big effort, and I believe it's a big effort, did that catapult you to New York? Um, you know what made me go to New York is when they canceled. Free food? Huh? No, when they, I get free food here, too. <laughs> uh, when they canceled the, um, the, the meet at Churchill and they moved it to Ellis Park, I've always said, and and I know we ran him two turns in the Breeders' Cup mile, but, you know, I don't know if y'all know my owners, but they're local guys, and, you know, they're quite popular themselves around town. And, it, you know, the Breeders' Cup was here, so it was something to run uh, run him in, uh, in, in the Breeders' Cup. So I kind of ran him in that two-turn race and hoping for the best. But I've always truly believed one-turn mile, seven-eighths, mm-hmm. and then – you know, at Ellis Park, it's a turn and a half. Right. And I'm like, he probably will handle that, but it's, I nominated, that the day they said that, I nominated in New York. And then, because, you know, I had such a close finish with Cody's Wish the year before. Right. In the Hansions. I mean, I figured, well, Cody's Wish ain't coming this year. This year, I will win this race. And I know Brad's horse ran well down at Ellis, but I still just thought this horse you know, he's doing so well. This is the one, you know? So and, you're uh, saying that he was going to run against Zozos in that stakes race. Is what yeah, you're saying, absolutely. hundred percent. Right? You know, I, I crossed, he was entered in both. Okay. He was entered in both because he entered at Ellis a week out just in case anything weird came up and I didn't go to New York. Um, but, uh, I, I will say this. He, uh, he loves the one turn mile at Churchill. Like you're right. They went slow early fractions, and he came home in twenty three and two, I believe that. Day. You know, on the on the back end of a of a mile race. Mm-hmm. So you know, I had him. Uh, he, you know, I had everybody had him as good as they could get him. You know, and he was just so sharp, and uh, I just wanted to run at Churchill, but then that turned half, and then what really made me go, what decided me, is speed was holding so good at Ellis Park. Exactly. And I thought, man, the favorites got the rail. I got the eight hole. The rail and speed wins every race where it gets clear. And I'm going to have to close into that. And I thought he could run an excellent race and be third. And I, I just, I wanted to put him somewhere where he could be, you know, I want to put him on a fair footing. That was something he wanted to do. Yeah, that's so, you made the right call. I mean, you did. I mean, if you followed Ellis's, first off, Zozos was in incredible form. He yeah. had rail. He had speed. I mean, it all it all added up. It was a much. It turned out to be a very shrewd move, did it not? Yeah. Oh, it turned out to be great. Uh, <laughs> and you had Javier yeah. had the Derby winning jock on too, right? Didn't Javier Costano get them out there? Yes. Oh, they had a bit of roll. And yeah, that's what I said. They said, "Well, how do you feel that?" Because Raphael had told somebody in one of those stakes that day, he kind of somebody rides a lot of horses for it. He he has told me in the past, this is the favorite horse I ride right now. Three hmm. Techniques is the, my favorite horse. He comes and works him, and I usually only mass jocks to come work horses very often. 
But every time I work him, he's there. He worked him knowing he was going to New York. He worked him for him the other day and said, he, he'll win. Don't wow. worry about a thing. He's good good to go. Damn. And, and uh, you know, it just got where he, you know, he is my guy. Don't think he ain't. But since my guy didn't come, I told, like I told the guy there, he said, well, you got uh, Javier. I said, yeah. I said, if you got, can't have your guy, a guy that just won the Derby in the Belmont, you know, nothing wrong with getting a hot hand. No, sir, not whatsoever. And, you know, with three techniques, of course, his 2023 form is, is catching a lot of headlines. But he, he caught a lot of headlines last year, right? And it was one of the better stories we saw last year. Uh, you in the winter circle with uh, a young lady we'll probably have on here in a second, uh, Miss Peyton Cook, right, in the winter circle after three technique, uh, kind of shocked a giant Derby Day crowd. About of a hundred, I know, one hundred seventy thousand of your closest friends, or whatever. When uh, when he took the Knicks go correct, uh, yes. last, last year. I mean, with all those people there, and I know you've been asked this, right? Because of the because of the nature of your relationship with your daughter and stuff, and what the what the race meant. But let's relive it one more time. What was that like that day on Derby Day? Well, you know what made it great is I thought he was going to win, and you guys thirty seven to one, so you might have bet him too, right? Yes, and Maybe. and and. and and you know my guy. Do you know David Miller and Tony? I do not know him. I know the name. Yeah. Well, they all they all. Uh, you know, Polly Miller is David Miller's father. Their coach. Okay. The coach at Plage. And you know oh. David. You, that's his father. All right. And then uh, he let on down the line. He let uh, Tony Warner and Eric Grindley, two of his good friends, in on the horse, because you know David loves that, having fun and. Uh, just enjoying himself and uh but they were all there and everybody i mean in the gold room at churchill downs they went so wild that the tv fell off the stand <laughs> not because anybody hit it just because they were rattling that overhang that overhangs the paddock yes i know what you're i know exactly what you're talking about yes yeah wow and, uh, i mean you know like I said in that interview, I told all my guys today was the day. And, uh, you know, it's the first time that horse had caught a fast track since I claimed him was the day he won that race. He uh, ran the oh. mud at Kingland, and he had been on poly track because I claimed him right going into – I claimed him in November, and then, of course, December was at Turfway, and I ran him a few stakes over there. And, um, I mean, it just uh, – it, I don't know. It just worked out. And, of course, having my daughter there was great. And look at her. She's giving me a smart look. <laughs> yeah, let's, 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 let's talk about uh, this young lady of yours. Uh, for those of you that don't know the story of Jason Cook or whatever, I mean, it, it's an incomplete story unless you mention his 13-year-old daughter, uh, Peyton Cook. And Peyton might be lurking back there somewhere. Uh, you got a special young lady. Would you want to brag on her a little bit before we ask, uh, ask her to come on for a little bit? Uh yeah, I mean, she... Go ahead. Well, you know, I, I always told people, I said, you know, she has a a blessed life, but a lot of things she has to give up because of the job I have. You know, it's weird, just me and her. And, like, I, you know, I don't know if y'all know this, till last year I also owned the company that hauled all Dale Roman sources. I think I heard something about that. Yes. So, I mean, I was busy. She missed out on a lot. Of course, she gets a lot of cool vacations out of that. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they'd be like, well, we got one in the stake in uh, Florida, and we, me and her would be in Key West. 
and nice. uh, things like that. But, you know, she missed out on a lot. But just being me and her, you know, it's kind of, she's had to grow up probably faster than most kids. And, uh, you know, she has done, well, she's a great soccer player. I had a feeling. She, I look at her, she's over there now shaking her head. She don't want me to say that. I'm going to ask her anyways. It doesn't really matter what you say. So <laughs> <laughs> let's bring her on for a second, Jason. I'm going to talk to her for a second. I'll, I'll kick you back over to these guys for a second. Let me talk to Peyton for a second if you don't care. Okay. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Peyton. I'm sure you, you've you been on TV before, if I recall, right? This is nothing yeah. for you, some silly podcast, right? I wouldn't exactly call it silly. It's kind of cool. Uh, you haven't heard us before, then trust me, it's silly. <laughs> anyway, uh, first off, do you get excited when your dad's horses win? Well, yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's interesting. It's a lot of fun. And with his, which, you know, cause I know there was a horse that was named after you, right? I don't think it got a win under yeah. your name. Peyton's College, right? I think it got claimed away. Yeah, but it, it did. But it had a lot of near misses, right? If I'm not mistaken, as I recall. Mm-hmm. But, uh, who's your favorite horse that your dad trains? Probably Thirsty Heck yeah, he's paid for some vacations, hasn't he? Oh yeah. And um, so, do you get to all go to the track often with your dad? Do your do your friends come to the track with you, or how does that work? Yeah, me and my friends Audrey and Emma are my closest friends, and mm-hmm. we wait. Shout out Audrey and Emma. I know Audrey and Emma Collins are amazing. <laughs> I love them. Um, <laughs> we went to the track once, and we just had a great time, and it's just fun. Exactly. So, do you remember some of your other uh, dad's uh, winning winners? Do you remember any of them? No. <laughs> Come on, you can name one, can't you? Verbena, putting Verbena. Brunella. Who? There you Brunella. go. See? Okay, I remember that horse. Yeah. And did I also read that uh, your dad says you're a great soccer player? I don't know much about soccer. What position do you play? I can play anything but goalie. I goalie is my rough spot for sure. Okay, but you are pretty talented today, right? And that's okay to brag on yourself. That's what this is about. Your dad's going to brag on himself. That's why we're having him on. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. And did I also read, now I read an article. This article's a little bit old. Did I see that you wanted to be a neurosurgeon when you grew up? Not a trainer, not a jockey, not a blah, blah, blah. You want to be a neurosurgeon? Uh, I definitely want to be a neurosurgeon or a pediatrician. So, yeah. Okay, well, that's that's a, that's a noble thing to do. So, you know, that costs money. So, you, uh, your dad's going to keep winning some races, isn't he? Mhm. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to guess because I have two daughters myself, right? Yeah. That again, I have a 22 and a 16. They're older than you are, right? Yeah. But they love this 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 chick named uh, Taylor Swift. And uh do you by any chance do you know who that is? Of course I know who that is. Okay. And we they just went to see her concert a couple weeks ago. You uh you haven't seen her yet, but you're going to your dad's going to take you at some point, right? Hopefully. Okay, and do you have a favorite song of hers? I like. Paper I actually know rings. about ten songs. Which one? I like Paper Rings. I don't know that song. Keep saying them until you say one that I know. Antihero. I know that one about uh, Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's yeah. me. Yeah, my my wife and kids would say that about well, me that... all the time and stuff. Uh, I like Love Story. I heard that. I uh, heard 120,000 people shouting that to me about. Uh, Last week at the concert, I mean, I thought the state, I thought the the roof was going to cave in. It was so loud. Yeah, it's very loud. <laughs> when okay. I've seen her concerts, I haven't been to one, but I've seen them. 
So get yeah. your dad. So get your dad. I know the ticket's a little bit pricey, but we got ours for a hundred bucks. Okay. So get your dad to take you to some NFL stadium she's playing at or whatever. Okay. He's got. He, he won a nice little chunk of change the other day. So yeah. have him take you. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll talk him into that. All right. Got it. Okay. We might talk to you again here in a second, Peyton. I'm gonna let my uh, my buddies talk to your dad here for a second. All right. Okay. All right. Nice talking to you, Peyton. We'll be back in touch. I appreciate it. Sure, Cece, you want to hop in here real quick? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a one eighty here because I don't know anything about Taylor Swift. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's tall. She's tall. Neither do I. So there you go. She's amazing. I, th- I thought Taylor, I thought Taylor Swift was one of those Twitter characters that you see on. <laughs> maybe not. But I, I think Taylor's a little bit better looking than the guy you're talking about. But go ahead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Jason, I, let's, let's go way back. I, I know you, at one point you worked for Steven Penrod back in the day. Oh, Who else? Oh, God, I was in high school. Yeah, what, what did you do for, for Mr. Penrod? Um, you know what I used to, I used to fill in when he, he, he was one of the few people that always gave people time off. And like, I can remember going over and working for him during spring break or in the summer. And, um, you know, I worked for everybody during that, uh, during during those years, like because I grew up because my father when he retired from riding races he galloped horses so, but I I, I mean I was around Penrod and I tell you who else I was at the barn all the time was Blackie Huffman. Yeah, I spent I spent so much time at Blackie Huffman's barn. Uh, you know it, me and Ben the racing secretary Churchill and Pat we more or less grew up together. Okay, yeah, they were all brothers. Real quick. See, see, that's where you learn how to train those one-turn mile horses. Because Blackie Huffman was known for the one-turn mile, wasn't he? Right, right. <laughs> and you want to know it's you know what is funny? Is last year I didn't run that horse before the ACAC, and I said I, I ain't really got a spot to run him. I'm coming, and Ben's like, "Well, you're just going to have to like Blackie and train him up to the race, Jason. Just train him up to the race." <laughs> and I was like, uh, "I'm not Blackie." <laughs> That's kind of what he would do, though. Blackie was kind of known for some fast works, right, in the morning? Um, You know, sometimes. Kind of depends if they uh, – he wasn't trying to kill them, but he would let them go, you know. He yeah. kind of let them do their own thing. Right. Kind of, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, did you ever, by any chance, work uh, – Penrod trained flatter for Claiborne Farm. Did, did you ever get around that horse? No, I did not. Okay. I think I was already training when flatter – what year okay. was that? Oh gosh, I don't know. I'm thinking late nineties, maybe. Flatter yeah, was. See, I, was, I started. To, I won my first race at the age of nineteen at Churchill Downs, and I think that was ninety four. Good lord. Okay, you were nineteen when you won your first race. That's incredible. Yeah, I was still nineteen when I won my second race because the same horse won back in seven days. He won the first uh, going seven eighths. And then he won the following uh, Sunday, won on Sunday, the last race, going seven eights. And then he won the following, and come from dead last. And then the following Sunday, it was a mile 16th. He was in, in front every step of the way. <laughs> what was the name of the horse? One Dark Cloud. One Dark Cloud. I think I remember that horse, believe it or not. He won, he won like. Either seven out of fourteen or eight out of sixteen. Yeah. Uh, at Churchill. Yeah. What kind of purse money were you ra- racing for back then? I think the purse was sixty-two hundred dollars. 
$6,200. It's a far cry from what it is now, right? Yeah. That ain't going to yeah. buy any Taylor Swift tickets. That ain't going to get anything done like that. <laughs> you know what? I remember winning that race. And, you know, uh, me, I don't know. Do y'all know who Tommy Drury is? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. We've had yeah. him on a few times. <laughs> well, you know, we were uh, – my he he – he hung out with me when we were kids, little kids. Our dads galled horses together. Really? And, uh, I mean, we was always, he was always staying at our house. So I was staying at his and we were living together and he two horses and I trained like two horses. And I remember telling him, don't worry, I got the rent because <laughs> I just won this race. I get this 10%. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Right. We lived uh, we lived right there off the outer loop by the Jefferson Mall in those apartments. I know exactly where you're talking about, brother. I'm don't I don't live that far from there. Yeah, that's where we. That's so, where we. Uh, that's where we. Uh, yeah, we were we were living. I'll never forget it. My mother used to come stock our. We was both trained horses, and my mother used to come stock her fridge because she said we didn't have enough food enough. <laughs> Jason, uh, uh, it's funny. Jason, when before we started recording, uh, we kind of you, you kind of dropped some knowledge on us. We we didn't realize that your father won a Kentucky Oaks back in 1957. Yes. Tell us about that. Um. Well, you know, as a kid, I just knew he was a he he died when I was 15. But as a young kid, I just knew that he had been a rider and been fairly successful. Um, you know, I, I realized how much more successful he was the older I got. And when I really realized how successful he must have been at one time is, uh, I ran a horse at Oakland, just one horse my entire life. And it was the year of Katrina and I was down there at, uh, Louisiana Downs and there was no race for his horse. And I took him up to Oakland to run. So when I go up there. They said, Stewart's want to see everybody that's never had a license here, just just to say hi. And I go in there, and they're telling me, you know, there's three older gentlemen, and they're sitting there, and they're like, um, you know, we just want to follow the rules, do this. And, I, you know, I was fairly young at the time. I said, well, I've been training horses for, and at that time, probably been 15 years. And we uh, we talked, and one guy says, how long have you been in the horse business my entire life? He said, everybody had a job outside of horse racing. One job, I said, I was kind of born into it. And behind them was a, almost a life-size picture of the 1955 or 56 Arkansas Derby. And I said, well, that's my dad. Wow. That horse behind you. So I was kind of born into this. And then guys were like, what? And then the greatest thing ever, I cannot remember this guy's name saving my life. He looked at me and said, L.C. was your dad? I said, yeah. He said, I'm in the horse business because of him. He said, I was just a gambler in college, and he fired his agent. I don't know where he was at. I think in uh, Chicago or something. He said he fired his agent. He said, and he seen me at the race there day. He says, you go to college? He said, yeah. He said, have you ever thought of being an agent? <laughs> and he said he hired me on the spot. Taught me how to be an agent. Damn. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> he said, and this guy was a steward, and I would say at that time he was probably 75 years old. I cannot wow. think of his name. He said, yeah, your dad, I was in college. He said, I went home and told my parents I was quitting college to go be a jock agent. They uh, they told me to either, if I did that, to move out. 
So I guess I he moved out, right? Out. I guess moved he passed him because he was the steward. To be clear, well, what's your dad's name so people know, Jason, what's his Lois name? Lois. Everybody just called him L.C., but his name was Lois C. Cook. And what was the name of the Oaks winner he had? What was the name of the horse he won on the Kentucky Oaks with? Lori L. Lori L. Lori L. 1957. That was the year maybe Iron Liege won the Derby for Calumet. Maybe. That sounds right. Yeah. That's I a, think he rode, the, uh, he, rode the 50, he rode the 55 Derby, I think. Really? And, uh, well, I was going to say, my dad and my uncle, one day at one of those tracks in Chicago or somewhere, they won all nine races between the two of them. Really? What's your uncle's name? W.M. Kip, William McKinley. Like the president? <laughs> yeah. He was a good rider in his own right, too. Apparently so. Yeah, he was a good rider in his own right. There's a a great article. I'll have to find it and send it to you. Please do. About them. They told my dad at the age of 15 you had to go to work in the coal mines. And literally, he went to work in the coal mines at the age of 15. At the age of 16, they said, we can get you a job in Chicago uh, in this factory. You know, that was, I mean, my dad was born in 22. Um, and, uh, well, my mom was his fifth wife. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I was, I was probably a little late, you know what I'm saying? But, gotcha. Uh, but, uh, he went up there and they said, we'd love to hire you. We hired your buddy. And he, they wrote a letter and said, come on up. You got a great job, but you're way too short. My dad was 4'11", weighed a hundred pounds, soaking wet. And when he walked out, he had 11 cents downtown Chicago, October had 11 cents. Guy said, "Boy, he said, told the guy, he said, I, I need to get back to Kentucky." And the guy said, "Well, down here, about four blocks is a racetrack. Just stand out front. They hire people every day driving in. You can get you a job, work a week, and get you enough money for bus fare back to Kentucky." He walked down there, slept on a park bench, and I mean, you know, October in Chicago can be probably biting. <laughs> and then a guy named Harry Trossett came by and said, "You're the right size." Ever thought of being a jockey? He said, "Come on," and that was it. That was it. Well, and then he won the Kentucky Oaks later. Yeah. Oh, he won a bunch of them. I mean, he he won, like I said, Arkansas Derby. He was leading rider. You know, Hialeah used to be the meet. He was leading rider, I think, four times at Hialeah, and leading rider in Chicago, ten or twelve times. I had no idea. Did you see? See, I honestly, genuinely no, had no idea. I did not. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, he was, I mean, there was all kinds, and they're in storage and put up, but there was all, I mean, hundreds of wind pictures, and hundreds of, uh, hundreds of wind pictures, and hundreds of trophies, and this, and leading rider here, and leading rider that, and um, there was all kinds of stuff like that. Wow. I'm looking at the 1955 Kentucky Derby chart, he he rode uh, Trim Destiny. That's, that the horse that. He won the Ar- that's the horse he won the Arkansas Derby on. Yeah, that was the year Swaps beat Nashua in the, yeah. uh, in the Derby. Summer Tan was there. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he told me he stay, they said, can't beat either one of them, just go to the front. I think he sent that horse to the lead. He, at the uh, three-quarter pole, he was second ahead behind Swaps. Or, no, excuse me, he was a length behind Swaps and ahead. Uh, he was fourth. 
no, no, uh, he okay. was second. Yeah, he was second. I'm sorry. He was, yeah, Swaps had him by half a length, and uh, Trim Destiny was second. Nash was third. So he was he was right in, amongst the the top two that day. That was awesome. Yeah. So yeah, they couldn't send that horse. But yeah, he won. He won a lot of races. So, uh, but yeah, so that I was kind of born into that. My dog is just thinks it's great that I'm on here. <laughs> we got a puppy. He's six months old. <laughs> we can have him on too. That's fine. Put him on. Right. Right. <laughs> hey, Jason. Jason, let's get back to three technique real quick. Uh, I noticed that this horse has got a little bit of turf pedigree. He's by Mr. Speaker, who was a nice turf uh, stakes winner for Shug McGahee and the Phipps. Uh, any chance this horse could run on grass? That's what David said, but no, I re- you know, I don't want to change what I'm doing. He's six years old, you know. Um, I'm just trying to get him good at this. And, you know, all those turf races, he's not fast enough to run down five-eighths turf horses or five-and-a-halves. And he really doesn't like going around two turns. I don't know why. Hmm. I guess, you know, that's part of the reason I think he runs so good for me because I do everything he likes. Like, he don't like being inside. The other day, you notice he didn't switch leads so late till he got that way out in the clear. He does not like being, he does not like being horses on the outside of him. He really doesn't want to run two turns. I mean, the other day worked out fine. But you could tell, you know, he's, he wants to, it's not that he's scared to be on the inside. He wants to, uh, he wants to shoulder them horses and bounce off of them a little bit. Like, he, he was one of the ones that if he ever reached over and bit at another horse, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Real competitor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. He's got that kind of, that kind of fire. Are you uh, looking, uh, are you looking for a race at, uh, I've read a blurb that said you, you might be looking at a race at Saratoga. Is that, is that possible? It's possible, but I kind of am looking at Del Mar too. Oh, wow. Okay. Did you hear that, Peyton? She done said, I didn't go to New York, but if we go to Del Mar, I'm going. <laughs> the uh, the uh, Forgo and the Pat O'Brien are on the same day, the 26th of August. Okay, both both at seven furlongs. So that that should be uh, Cody's wish. Is, looks like he's going to duck. Uh, he's going to run in the uh, the Whitney. So he's not probably not going to make the Forgo. So that, that would be in your favor. But then on the other hand, you know. Yeah, Bill Mott seems to how he's have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh one last thing uh, the the uh the owners of uh Three Technique. I, I know those those silks are pretty recognizable. It's uh with the University of Louisville Cardinal emblem. Tell us about uh David uh David Miller who owns part of Three Technique. And I know I he's mean, he's had other horses with you. Yeah, I mean, I've trained horses with David for 25 years. Yeah. Um he, uh, you know, he's just a local businessman, and uh, you can't go out to, to eat with him because 45 people come up and talk to you. Okay. But uh, David, I mean, I told somebody when I won that race Derby Day and he had his family there, I said, I can remember taking wind pictures with his kids at Turfway Park and us all trying to round them up and hold them because they're like, you know, four years old, three years old, six years old. And then I can remember on Derby Day, the same thing with his grandkids. And uh, I thought, you know, that's kind of almost like full circle. 
but you David, can... I mean, he's an A number one guy. If I didn't train horse for him, we'd still be friends. <laughs> you can't find a better you can't find a better guy. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Uh Brandon, why don't you take over and uh and if you got any questions for uh for Jason Cook. Yeah, hey Jason. So you alluded to as we you know we're leading up to the start of the podcast about another side business outside of horse. Can you give us some insight on what you did as your side business all those years? Uh well for about ten years I hauled uh horses uh are y'all there yeah oh yeah hello yeah yeah oh, okay um i hauled horses for dale romans how did you how did you fall into that opportunity i'll tell you it was kind of weird i had a truck in the trailer because i got tired of waiting on people because i at the time i had about 20 head and i broke about 10 babies every year for somebody and kept layups and i was at high point and sometimes i would go south for the winter this is before peyton was born and um Paige's mom would stay here and uh and and dale come up and needed somebody to haul these horses and i owned a truck in the trailer and uh you know i've known dale since all my life he's a few years older than me but i've known him since we were kids you know and he said why don't you haul this horse why don't you haul that horse while i look for somebody and i just hired up a couple of people that were good people to drive and bought another truck or two and hauled his horses for uh a little over 10 years and uh you know that was a good business but it's one of those businesses where you got as my daughter's gotten older when she was young it was pretty easy day's gonna be gone or day's gonna do this it was fine my mom was in a little better shape i could leave her there you know what i'm saying as i got older and now i'm at soccer and i'm doing this and i'm doing that and it's one of the things where they're liable to call you at four in the morning or ten at night, and you got to go. Right. So you know, it just it just got to be. And I and believe me, I got, I got Dale somebody good to cover for me <laughs> when I left. But uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a that is a good business to be in. Probably a good business for a single young guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, they travel at all all hours. I mean, usually real early and. You never know what you might well, have. And, and, and when Dale had 200 head, uh, believe me, 100,000 miles a year. Good night. Uh, Travel-wise. And that was with and, and me, I only did, I usually only did the steak runs. Like, I wouldn't do go to Ellis Park on a Tuesday. I always sent somebody else. But I would do steak runs, and I'd be gone, you know, 25 weekends a year. That's why that Belmont going to Belmont, I tried to get him on a on a truck, and they're like, "Well, we can't do this, we can't do that." I was like, "I'll just take him." <laughs> I've done that. I've done that for Romans ten times. And, and so that's a big deal. With, you did with three technique up for the stakes win. When did you take him and uh, take him up there? Two o'clock Wednesday, and got me there at four o'clock. Uh, well, got me there about three thirty uh, Thursday morning. Wow. So the, the horse, would you take the horse out of the trailer during all that? I mean, had, where, no, no, but he's in a box stall. You know, I own yeah. a bunch of trailers. I still own all those trailers and trucks. And, uh, no, he's in a box stall, water hanging to him. You know, me personally have done that for years. I gave him about as good a ride as, as you could buy. Yeah. Um, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't hire somebody and pay him to do a better job. I can tell you that. He had yeah. water in front of him, hay in front of him the whole time. I checked him every time I stopped and got gas. 
the trick with that is, is, you know, some of those halls are long. Yeah. The trick with that is do not stop. Get there and, you know, when you got to stop and get fuel, water, the horse, check everything. But don't mess around. When you got a horse on there, you cannot, you got to keep going. I've hauled them to Miami for Dale. Got them off the van, had them there a few days and they just win. I've hauled them to New York, same thing, a couple of days, just win. But you got to, you got to keep them moving. Like 12, yeah. 13 hours, they're usually all okay with that. When you start to get to 15 hours, you, you got to, you know, it's going to knock them out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So after the big win, like what, what did you do just next day, load up and drive back? Um, I was thinking about leaving at four o'clock, but he's, he had a cut on him. And uh, I said, well, you know, I'm just going to let him chill out. And the next day I went in, took care of him. We messed around to about 11 o'clock. Yeah. And then I left and I got him home about midnight. Wow. That's Actually awesome. about 1230. Well, uh, so how many head are you kind of maintaining right now in the stall? And you got anything <laughs> coming up? I'm down to four. I'm down what? to four. They've claimed about 10 of the last 20 I've run. Wow. And I cannot win a shake. My buddy <laughs> is like, are you really complaining? You want a 27-way shake to get that horse and win a grade two. Can you really <laughs> ever complain about I mean, are you really going to complain about it? I said, no, I guess I can't. Yeah. And, uh. I, that was so funny that we claimed three technique, you know, in case for people that know me, they know I dip all the time. Yeah. And, uh, I guess I had smudged some dip on the, on the, on the, uh, there was like a little smudge mark on the corner of the envelope. <laughs> and David said, I, I, he said, we won that. And he, he said, I seen your dip smudge and he didn't, <laughs> he just was saying it to be funny. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was funny. Heck yeah. Uh, he's like, yeah, I seen your dip smudge. I'm looking at the envelope. There's no dip. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's cool. Well, uh, we wish you the best of luck. And, uh, yeah, it is a, a hard game to claim. That's for sure. But, uh, I'll, I'll throw it back to here to Alan. Okay. Yeah. Let's, uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up here real quick, Jason. But one thing I want to ask you since I've been talking to you, cause we talked to Peyton. Peyton sounds like a native Louisvillian. Okay. Are, are you you're from Louisville too? Because you got a touch of an accent there, brother. Yeah, where's my accent? At? I'm from Louisville. You're from Louisville. Okay, I'm from. Louisville. I know people think I sound country and other, but you you got a little bit twang to your voice. Wherever you're, a lifelong Louisvillian. Uh, what'd you say now? I said you got a little twang in your voice, more so than Peyton does. It uh, you sound like you got a little country in you, but you're a native Louisvillian, huh? Absolutely. I grew up right down the street from where you're at. Where That's the Menard, true. where the Menard sets right now on Preston yes. Highway. Uh huh. We owned all that it. land and it was a farm. It was a horse farm. So the Menard, Menards didn't buy that from you, did they? Uh, no, we sold it to the neighbor. Okay. And then like, it was 25 years later, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. But I, I grew up there. It was a, ho- it was a horse farm and, uh, and, uh, um, that's right there where I grew up. Went to Southern High School. Southern High School, right down the road from me. I got a lot of friends who went to Southern. So Phil Sims went to Southern, right? He did. Yeah, back and in the day. And then he ended up getting coached by Three Techniques coach. That, by it, all, it all comes full circle, doesn't it? All comes yeah. full circle. Well, I'll tell you what, Jason, we really do appreciate you having you on tonight. It's been a pleasure meeting Peyton. 
I can say Peyton might be the most famous Peyton that I know now, right? I can't think of a more famous Peyton. Can you? I named her after that Peyton. I tell her that it, it makes her so mad. I said, I named you after Peyton Manning, honey. I went to watch more... the Indianapolis game. <laughs> she can be more fair. Huh? <laughs> What's that, Peyton? That's so not fair. That's but so hey, you, can grow up to be, you can grow up to be more famous than that, Peyton. Okay? And that'd be a pretty impressive trick. She said that she didn't think that was possible. He's amazing. I love him. Yeah, he is good. He is good. But yeah, now he's old and he's retired, but he's a pretty funny dude or whatever. So it was great meeting Miss Peyton. It was great yeah. talking to you, Jason, and stuff. We wish you all the best with three technique. We know there's gonna be more wins coming with him and others. And we look I look forward to when I get all old and feeble and I need a neurosurgeon, I know who I'm <laughs> gonna call there, Peyton, okay? okay? I'm calling you. All right. Bye. Look at all right. She's all she pumped can... up on that. She's got a patient. To cool. Graduate school first. <laughs> yeah, and, and I gotta tell you, since I've, I've been working on auto plane for years, like my insurance is paid for. I'm a good customer. You'll know you'll get your, you'll get paid from me. So that's what's important. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is what's important. Getting paid. I yeah. tell you what. I hope I hope she becomes a doctor. I need one. <laughs> you know, do you? Well, yeah, yeah. She'll, she'll make some pretty good money there too. She buys some racehorses and stuff to train. Oh she, no! <laughs> I told her. I said I'm training to I send you through college. And I don't care if I'm a greeter at Walmart or what I do. If I'm uh, stocking shelves, I'm going to retire. <laughs> hey, hey, you sound just like me when I say to my wife and kids, my my time's coming soon too, my man. So I tell her, I say, I'm going to retire. I said, I'm going to pay for you to go to college. I'm going to give you the house we live in now, the condo we live in. And, and then uh, it's on you. No, you know, uh, Rafael Barreno's agent is from uh, – uh, Panama, and he grew mm-hmm. up with, uh, what's the boxer? Hands of Stone there. Um, yeah, I'm almost about boxing. Uh, well, anyway, he was world famous. He's the one that said no moss that time. Roberto Duran. Roberto Duran's son owns a bunch of uh, land on the uh, beach down there. And yeah. I was talking to uh, to Julio Espinosa, and he's like, yes. Jason, you can probably live down there for 13, 14, I said a year? He said, uh, uh, what, I thought he meant 1500 a month or whatever. He, I thought that was cheap. He said, no, $13,000, $14,000, you can live on the beach. And I said, oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, hurry up. Get get through school. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. She's over well, saying, you say that now. <laughs> exactly. It was great meeting both of the cooks tonight or wherever. We wish both of you the best going forward. Wherever. I hope and make sure you take her to one Taylor Swift concert. Okay, Jason? I'm gonna take right. you to I'm gonna take you to a rock concert. Like we're, we're rock we're rock and roll around here. Oh, I am too. I uh, don't get me wrong. I've seen ACDC twice, Ooh. Peyton. In my, I've, seen, I've seen everybody in my day, just about. ACDC uh, we, awesome. We go off air. We go back off air. You can ask me about some of them. All right, but yeah. All right. All right. Thanks a lot, Jason. Thanks a lot, Peyton. Thank I you. Appreciate you. All right. Okay. It was Jason Cook, the trainer. Of graded stakes winner, three technique winner of the John Nehrud. I can see why Jason's a very popular guy at the racetrack, right? Is he a lot of fun or what? He's, uh, uh him and his daughter is a great story, but yeah, he, he, you can tell he likes that funny. He enjoys life, right? He enjoys oh, life and enjoys winning races. Totally. You yeah. know, from taking horses you know, to their own stakes races and, and everything in between and raising his daughter. I mean, boy, I guess stays busy. Stays busy and he's apparently he's one hell of a um, one hell of a cook too. So we're going to keep we're going to personally keep that in mind. But he, apparently he uh, he participates in pretty good bashes. So maybe maybe we just uh, maybe just uh, 
got ourselves an invitation somewhere. We'll see. But that he, is his last name. I mean, it's, it's not Jason was, Horse Trainer. It's he Jason was born Horse. to do it. Good point. Didn't he, right. I never even put two and two together there, but that's like me. I'm not really good at math. How cool is that? I, I never realized his father was such a good jockey, though. You know, I, when we invited him on, we, we were about you know the relationship with his daughter, three technique, blah blah blah, and literally, and usually, Cece and I and Brand, we we kind of know what's the backstory. We didn't. I didn't know that backstory. I did not know his his father was a jockey. Nor I didn't know he's a successful jockey who won the biggest race for Phillies in the country. So, pretty impressive yeah. stuff right there. You know, the more podcasts we do, the more it, it seems like. Horse racing, you know, was either just in their DNA, you know, they were bred into it, mm-hmm. or someone in their family, you know, that didn't necessarily pick horse racing, but horse racing picked them. And uh, he's well obviously said. had a good career and uh, enjoys what he's doing, but looks forward to retirement, it seems like, too. Don't we all? Don't we all? Well, you know, back back in the 50s and the 60s and, and, and before that, horse racing was part of the fabric of society. Yeah. You know, now, now the next generation will grow up, you know, around slots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's way to bring it to a, a crashing halt right there. I, but yeah, you're right. Unfortunately, you're on point there. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, but, but uh, that's a, that's a topic for another day. But uh, if, if you own three technique, where would you go? Saratoga for the forego, seven furlongs or the, uh, or the, uh, 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 uh the Pat O'Brien seven furlongs at Del Mar. You know what? You know, as we said earlier in the podcast, I'm an East Coast, uh, East Coast biased guy, but I think in that instance, I might try Del Mar. I think, and generally speaking, the competition's probably gonna be a little bit lighter out there. Is it? They may have some faster horses, but I think I, I think I'd probably go to Del Mar in that case. I totally agree, and avoid the East Coast barrage of sprinters. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But you know, if you you run up against a Bob Baffert horse, I think he won that race last year at Laurel Canyon. I think he, yeah. he won that race last year. So you you know you if you can avoid him, then it might be. But but the forego is a grade one, and it's probably double the purse too. That's so. True. I don't but, know. I don't know. There's probably not a wrong answer. In fairness, uh, in that regard, I would say, like you said it's earlier, Cody's wishes. One, Cody's wishes could probably skip in that. So, but again, we didn't even touch on the fact that he almost beat Cody's wish last year. Cody's wish. Uh, only got three technique by head at Churchill. That's that's saying something. That horse is on another level these days, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to touch on? Ellis no, Park. I mean, I know Ellis Park's going you know, everybody talking about Saratoga and Del Mar. If I Colonial play, Downs. Colonial Downs open. Yeah, Jason Beam. I think Caitlin's going to be doing uh, some of the commentary there and stuff. I think they've uh, sent her to uh, use her talents to uh, in the Virginia uh, setting. So good luck to her. Good luck to Jason Beam. I uh, wish, should be a fun meet. Wish Colonial would race at night. I know, but I mean, they do what they got to do and stuff. So. It's, 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 they're going back to weekends now, right? Was it a couple of years ago they raced Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or maybe last summer? I, I don't get to see as much as I'd like to because I like the product. I like being, and, uh, but I saw, and I like turf racing. I don't get to see much of it. So I'm not, I'm not the expert to ask on that, but maybe yeah. I'll try to catch a few here and there this, this meet. I'm worried it's gonna get lost in the shuffle. All those, you know, with every all the great tracks. Yeah, Ellis. But, yeah, you know, you know, I mean, in my heart, I'm more of an Ellis Colonial type guy than I'm a Saratoga Del Mar type guy. I, I will watch some Saratoga, but I'm, you know, I'm still, I'm still Ellis primarily. If that makes me weird, t- too bad. That's what I like. It's a good point, though. It's, it's yeah. tough. All right. All right. Let's knock it off. Uh, on behalf of our guest, 
Jason Cook, and of course his daughter Peyton, and Alan Schneider, and Brandon Jaggers, and millions from around the world. I'm CC Broadus, reminding you in the words of Harvey Pack, may the horse be with you, always. <laughs>